should cut the booze, lose 50 kilos and fulfil your lifelong dream of becoming a YouTube star by taking up extreme parkour. That's why you're here. This isn't a radio show. It's a spiritual journey to help you live your best life. It can't help you achieve any of your goals, but it will make you much, much, much better at sex. Welcome to Radio Chaser. Yes, a very warm welcome to Radio Chaser for this Thursday. We have Zoe Norton Lodge, we have Andrew Hanson, we have Charles Firth, and my name is Dom Knight. Yeah, and look, I just wanted to open by discussing a big thing that happened last night. Huge, monumental news. Do you guys all watch The Bachelor? No. Whoa, huge stuff, Zoe. No, no, tell us, though. Uh, you have to start engaging with popular culture. Uh, no, you've been doing radio. It's, no, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. Okay, <laughs> so look, I'll just give you the lowdown. This has been advertised for weeks. The Bachelor was going to... Walk out. Walk out he was of a Ooh. cocktail party, which is a big deal because he stays. He gives roses to all the girls. It's a, that's kind of the, how the whole thing works. Anyway, he, it, it all came up because somebody, one of the girls, Abby, told him that another girl, Monique, called him a dog. See you next Tuesday. R- right, Sorry. a dog, a dog. What, Zoe? A dog? What? Yeah, Called exactly. Called him a what? Called him a dog. See you next Tuesday. Yes. Oh, that's an acronym. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. okay. A dog. Yeah. C-bomb I mean, I thought the phrase was, I was like, I've never heard that, you know. No, I always thought it was see you next Friday, actually. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, it's been been creating a lot of news. There's a lot of articles, you know, people are just sort of, sort of enamored with this, with this phrase, this phrase that's entered the Mm -hmm. lexicon. But like, to be really fair, you know, it's been used since the very beginning of Australian television. A brief history of Australian television, 1956. Bruce Gingell introduces Australia to this wonderful technology. Hello and welcome to television. It is my fondest desire that this medium will one day be used to utter the phrase dog c-. Of course, Gingell's dream came true again and again. 1987, Kylie Minogue marries Jason Donovan on Neighbours. Do you, Charlene Mitchell, take this man, Scott Robinson, to be your lawful wedded husband? <laughs> of course I do, you bloody dog c-. 1993. Juan Antonio Samaranch. The winner is Sydney, Australia. Beijing and Manchester are dog The year 2000. Bruce McAvaney celebrating Kathy Freeman's historic win. And Kathy Freeman's done it. She's won gold for Australia. Silver and bronze got it. Ah, oh, who cares? Couple of dog And of course, 2007. The Australian public reacts to the chaser breaking into the Apex Summit. Oh, those guys are a bunch of dog c- Australian television, celebrating dog c- for a c***ing dog long time. Radio Chaser, Triple M. Now, look, if you have shares, I've got good and bad news for you. The good news is you're rich enough to have shares. The bad mm. news is that the ASX dropped $50 billion today, so they're worth a lot mm. less than they were. Yeah, huge mm. problems internationally. It's a total disaster. Uh, and I've heard that uh, down at the ASX, things are pretty bad. So we've actually sent our finance correspondent, Charles Firth, down to the floor of the ASX in Bridge Street. Hey, Charles. Yeah, hello, Dom. What's the atmosphere down like there as this crash unfolds? Oh, no, Dom, it's actually not a crash, okay? It's it's actually not a crash at all. It's just a correction. Um, that's all. It's nothing to panic about. Spell! 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 God damn it! 
So, so Charles, can you tell us what, what's caused this uh, correction? Well, you know, investors have taken a calm look at, you know, the financial forecasts of the major companies around, and they've realised the whole system is based on a fraud. It's a lie, Andrew. Capitalism is a filthy fraud. Sell everything! Sell everything! Uh, it sounds like a, a little chaotic down there, Charles. Zoe, it's, it's pure chaos. I mean, there's a huge mess everywhere. Absolute mayhem. Oh, yeah, and we're getting a sense that the stock market is in a terrible state, Charles. No, no, no. I was talking about George Street. It's absolute mayhem. <laughs> but, uh, but the stock market is also a mess. I mean, mum and dad investors are everywhere, you know, arguing about who will get custody of the kids. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to take on a financial burden like that. Um, at this time. <laughs> sure. Uh, but what about the, the professional investors from the banks? Oh, yes, the suits. Yes, yes, they're different. Well, you know, obviously they have to take a dispassionate approach to this correction. Um, they're tearing off their clothes, beating their chests and burning the furniture. Uh, mind you, they always do that on Thursday. Oh, goodness me. Uh, now, Charles, what impact has the stock market crash had on surrounding businesses down there near the ASX? Well, I can tell you it's a ghost town, Dom. The five-star restaurant restaurants are deserted. Bottles of undrunk Grange are piling up as investors flee their long lunches. Chefs say that unless the carnage stops, the amount of uneaten caviar will get so large it will fall over and destroy the Carl Expressway. <laughs> so it's actually not all bad. Uh, oh, no, God, it's happening now. The caviar mountain is tipping over. I've got to go. Sell, sell, sell. Oh, wait a minute. This caviar is quite nice. Oh, sell, sell. Charles Firth at the ASX. He's Underworld on Triple M. This is Radio Chaser. Triple M, Radio Chaser. Guys, I am feeling so rich. So rich. I, I want some of that cocaine. I, mean, I, don't know if, I don't know if you're across this, but, you know, Koshi has opened the door to untold wealth and riches for all Australians. That's so nice. The stock market's tanked, but Koshi oh. is helping out. Yeah, don't worry, Donnie. Don't worry about the stock market. No, no, Koshi's fixing it all. He's got this brand new TV show, and this is absolutely true. <laughs> In case you're not across it, I'm not making this up. The name of the show is How to Make $10,000 in 20 Days Sorry. on Channel 7. Can I just clarify, this is a TV show and not a pamphlet that you found in a bin. Uh, well, I did find a pamphlet as well. Um, do you think <laughs> that... It was channel... from a dodgy organisation called Koshi Enterprises. Do you, but, uh... do you think the Channel 7 executives stuffed up and they were sort of commissioning all the new shows and a pamphlet you know, that they got off the street, got stuck in there. And they accidentally commissioned this show and then they've got to now make it. Yeah, yeah there's, there's another one from, like, Kev's Roof Repairs. That, that's be, uh, coming next week. I'm but, excited. Uh, no, no. I want to learn how to make this money, Andrew. Sell it to me. Well, yes, no, exactly. Look, Koshi has been teased online because he's got a few detractors. You know, people are saying, oh, okay, come on, can ordinary families really save 10 grand in 20 days? These sceptics, these awful sceptics, because Koshi's tactics are things like, Rent out part of your home as an Airbnb. Oh. You know, the only drawback being to that is, of course, which is that you have to already own an enormous house <laughs> and don't, you, won't, you don't need $10,000. But anyway, look, I thought Koshi offered some very useful advice. Take a listen. I want the money. Tonight on 7, join Koshi as he tells you how to make $10,000 in 20 days. Hi, I'm Koshi, and the secret is simple. Can you really make 10 grand in just 20 days? It's easier than you'd think. So tell us, Koshi, how exactly does someone make 10 grand in just 20 days? Well, you just get a job hosting breakfast television. I make 10 grand in one bloody day. It's terrific. I want the money. How to make $10,000 in 20 days? 
20 days. Tonight on 7. Although we've already given you the answer. Of course, the other way is drugs. Triple M's Radio Chaser. You know, the other day we were talking on the show about uh, yucky things that people found in hotel rooms. Mm. And there, there was one I didn't mention because I didn't quite have time to, to go into the glories of it. Uh, but yeah, I stayed in this little hotel one time. It was in America, so you, could, you know, don't worry too much. It wasn't in Australia, <laughs> for those of you who don't want this experience. And I don't imagine most of you don't. And I was actually, I was on holiday with Charles. Um, mm. We were young, we were young things. Uh, I, I lay down exhausted at the end of the day, you know, because we've been exploring Los Angeles. Lay on the pillow, uh, ready to get some sleep. And all of a sudden, I realized there was something in my mouth. It wasn't large. And, and, and I, don't, I don't think it was Charles. He was, he's over in his bed. Uh, so I thought, well, hang on. What could, what could this be? What, what, what is this tiny thing? It was a hair. It was a hair. And so then I, then I sort of reached up to my mouth, pulled it out. It wasn't just any old hair. Oh, no. It had the distinctive, curly, twisty shape of that type of hair that you do not want to find on a hotel pillow. And was it ginger? <laughs> 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 well, I'd, I'd been in my mouth, so it's that the colour had come off. No, it certainly was. It, no, it wasn't mine. It, it, I knew it's not mine because you know what your own looked like, right? You know, you're familiar it wasn't with your it, own. It was dark black. I remember. It was dark black, and yeah. it, it was much springier than mine because you know mine are quite. Stri- I've got celebrity ones. So just quite from... straight and groomed. <laughs> this one was was yeah uh, you know, yeah this kind of coiled springy hair in my mouth off the hotel pillow. Had you chosen pube from the hotel pillow menu, Andrew? <laughs> oh, was that my mistake? I was saying, well, nobody told me about that. I, 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 next time I'll choose, <laughs> I'll choose free. maggot or, or yeah. cockroach pillow instead, should I? I mean, I don't know. Look, it just got me thinking. I mean, have any of you guys eaten something absolutely terrible? Or Sydney. I want to know if Sydney's eaten something terrible, mm. by the way. Like, give me a ring. One triple three five three. What's the worst thing you've eaten? It's making me wonder whether you actually swallowed it. But anyway, the, the worst thing I've ever eaten, and this, this is genuinely bad. This is a, I feel bad confessing this. It was a moral dilemma. Mm. I was in Japan. I was at a, the, my f- fancy friend took me to, to this banquet, and I was given whale. Oh, do you eat the whale or not? Because it's no, very you turn, rude. You turn it back and you say, I'd just like a couple of pubes, please. <laughs> <laughs> One, triple, three, five, three. The worst thing you've ever eaten. Maybe a whale's pubes. I don't know. Oh, they're um, big. Worst thing you've ever eaten. We want to hear what you've put in your mouth right here on Triple M. Chase, the line's open now. Uh, Shane from Engadine up first. What have you eaten, Shane? Uh, cockroaches. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, intentionally? <laughs> uh, no. I bought a... Uh, Beef and black bean uh, takeaway from Woolloomooloo Bay in 1999, and halfway through the meal, I noticed there were some antennas <laughs> like black beans, the same size as black beans, and it was the German cockroaches, and I oh. spat it out immediately. Oh, and I took it back, and apparently the, the manager said that they were meant to be in the dish. <laughs> Oh, meant to be there. Well, I mean, it's a good source of protein, so, you know, get with oh, it. Yeah. It was yeah. uh, Woolloomooloo. It was 1989. It's just probably very oh, yeah, avant-garde. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like cockroaches in 2019 is just passe. <laughs> yeah, they were probably refugees from Harry's Cafe to Wheels. <laughs> You're allowed to say that? that? Just, Are they actually across the road from Harry's Cafe to Wheels. Actually. Thanks, Shane. We'll go <laughs> to uh, Lou. Lou, what did you eat? What? It wasn't food. I'm going back into the mid-80s. I was uh, at a high school party. Had a few drinks and someone handed me a drink. And I drank it and I looked at it. It was uh, Bacardi and pink creaming soda. Oh, that sounds delicious. Was it good? 
Uh, about half an hour later, I was violently ill. <laughs> right. But yeah, don't so have creaming soda. The rest of the day being half a bottle of scotch I drank before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could have been. Let's go to Andrew in Campbelltown. <laughs> that was very funny. Andrew, what did you eat? Yeah, hi. I was, was at, um, I think it was uh, Gosford or uh, down the South Coast. Anyway, we went to a pie shop and I bought a an emu pie and a, and a crocodile pie. Oh, wow. Mm. And... They had all these different ones, and I'm telling you right now, it was the worst thing I ever ate. <laughs> oh, which was which, worse? The crocodile, actually. It was white meat, and it was oh, it was terrible. Mm. Yeah, plus they bite you, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it might have been a right in the pie, but nah, it was, <laughs> nah, it wasn't good. Uh, well, but then pie filling is, is never good, is it? I mean, like the, the middle <laughs> no. of a meat pie. <laughs> It's I mean, not going yeah. to be worse than Look, the crocodile, It was is probably it? sandals munched up that they've just <laughs> yeah. told you it was crocodile. <laughs> it, it could have been, yes, it could have been. <laughs> it was actually crocs, not, not <laughs> crocodiles. That's yeah. very good. It probably was some dirty old crocs, yes. <laughs> That's great. Let's go to Matt. Uh, Matt, what's the strangest thing you've hey. eaten or drunk? How you going? Um, so my mum went to shout out to uh, a feed at KFC, and then um, I thought I'd be cheeky and um, uh, have a swig of Coke. Um straight out of the bottle, and then um, I felt something in my mouth a bit thicker than Coke, and um, I spat it out, and then it ended up being a cockroach. Oh. And I, I washed my mouth out about four times with a Listerine, but, yeah, it was a bit disgusting. I mean, it is Sydney. I think we've all eaten cockroaches, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> it's just really part of our daily too, diet. <laughs> yeah, look, th- th- that new formula they had really didn't work out, did it? It's <laughs> uh, a little bit unfortunate. Uh, let's go to Steve from Spring Farm here. Steve? Yeah, what mate. have you eaten? Bull semen. Oh! How? Why? By choice? Yeah, paid for it. Oh, really? Fresh from the source or? <laughs> <laughs> from the fountain. Is it, is it, is it uh, serve yourself? No, it, like was, uh, it, it was not from the bubbler, no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody come? else. So, how come? <laughs> how come, indeed. A so cow. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the Hokitika Wild Foods Festival in the South Island of New Zealand, and it was—it's quite a famous thing down there. You go get a shot of bull semen. Yeah, if you're an Australian, they tell you that that's what you do down there. <laughs> Talking of cocaine and drugs and all that sort of stuff, uh, did anyone catch the test last night? The Ashes <laughs> test. <laughs> it was gripping stuff, wasn't it, Charles? Oh, it was amazing stuff. We had um, an entire day. Of rain delay, and, and you know how much I love the ashes. Mm. I decided this morning, you know, it was an entire day of rain delay, but, you know, I should actually catch up on the Channel 9 coverage of the test. So I looked up their recap video, <laughs> and, and they had the best spin on on the day. It was a, a dull old day, I've got to say, <laughs> at Lord's. Mind you, that, that would have been true even if they had been playing cricket. So, um, <laughs> sort of actually no change there. But um, no, to be fair, actually, they, they did. They spent a lot of time in their recap video padding for some reason. Mm. But they came up with actually quite a good spin on why it was a blessing in disguise that it had rained all day. No play whatsoever. That's probably a blessing in disguise that the coin toss didn't actually take place. Oh, absolutely. Um, it would have been great for everyone, players, us commentators, the crowd, if we got some play today. But uh, it's probably fairer that we didn't because it would have been tough for one side to have to bat for maybe 20 over. Yeah, exactly. So the, the whole thing is, like, it's, it's, see, when you play a game, 
you know, some of the match, then it's unfair because one side gets ahead of the other side. So it's yeah, much that, fairer yeah, to not, not play. Cricket. That's not cricket. It's not cricket at all. So it actually <laughs> <laughs> so um, it actually sets up the test better than if they'd played. Um, but uh, <laughs> and you, you, can, you can see they doubled down on this thought. It's still even, Stevens, and there's still a game to be won. There's still a lot of cricket ahead of us. Yeah, see? Uh, see? That's classic Perfect. Mark Taylor. You're the most boring yeah. man in cricket for a reason. <laughs> And anyway, they've uh, they've actually doubled down uh, with their their promo for tonight's. The second test is here, and the action at Lords is wetter than ever before. Looks like we're in for an exciting day's rain delay. Every ball not bowled. And Nathan Lyon is at the members' end. He raises his arm and takes a sip of tea. This is thrilling stuff. Using all the latest technology. Let's have a look at that sip again in slow motion. Oh, yes. The tea went into his mouth. Pitch perfect drinking from the spin veteran. Plus the umpiring. You've grown to love this series. And the umpire has indicated it's stopped raining, even though the rain is clearly belting down around the field. Well, to be fair, he is legally blind. The second test at Lords. Eight hours of uninterrupted play interruption. Only on nine. I'm glad we held on to these broadcast rights. Radio Chaser on Triple M. Charles, speaking of the cricket and the ashes and all that kind of stuff, uh, mm. during the first test we did a, a rundown of some of the superstitions that Steve Smith has. And cricketers are a very odd lot because I did a bit of poking around. And lots of other uh, cricketers also have bizarre superstitions. Very superstitious. I want to know if you think this makes sense. This is um, also from an ashes back in uh, 1989, the first day of the fifth test. Um, basically, Mark Taylor, who we just heard, and Jeff Marsh batted all day. Oh, and, yes. And uh, Alan Border was sitting and watching them, mm. and he was going to get up, because he was the next person in, he was going to get up and go to the bathroom, but Terry Alderman rushed in and went, no, you, AB, you can't move. You can't move. They'll get out. So poor old Border had to sit there for an entire day. Wow. Without moving it, without even going to the bathroom, mm. is that re- is that reasonable? Is that good prep to go in and bat, which he had to do next? Yes, that's true. <laughs> just sit still and not use the lure <laughs> or anything. Busting. <laughs> well, I think it's very good luck to burst your bladder. I mean, uh, 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 <laughs> that's that's just old. It is wisdom. Uh, wisdom, <laughs> really. Wisdom. Isn't it's it? old yeah. wisdom. I wisdom. think that's correct. Yeah. Now, how about this one? This is a Sydney one. Sachin Tendulkar um, uh, had an amazing innings in in Sydney, um, and he. Kept going, he got 241 runs, and he kept going back every single night of the test to eat at the same Malaysian restaurant, just in case that's what it was. It was the satay chicken that he ordered. Well, uh, I've always said about Sachin Tendulkar that uh, he wasn't a very good batsman, but he was <laughs> very good at choosing stuff on a Malaysian restaurant menu. And and I think that that was what was key to his success. So, yes, again, I think I think that was that was a very reasonable I mean, also, it's just Moorish, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. chicken satay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You probably just you liked it. Now, uh, now, Sri Lanka's Sanath Jayasuriya, an amazing batsman, uh, every time he faced a ball, he had to touch every single piece of his batting equipment, you know, the gloves, the handle of the bat, all that sort of stuff, possibly even the box, I'm not sure. Uh, he faced a grand total of 25,895 deliveries in professional cricket and did that every single time. Can you imagine how exhausting that would have been? Was that a good idea? 
to just touch everything before you face the well, ball. Well, you know, yes, to, to make sure something's not missing, like like the bat, for instance, because that's quite useful, I've heard. <laughs> that is quite a good point. All right, here's the last one. I love this guy. Neil McKenzie. He was incredibly superstitious. He would not go out to bat unless all the toilet seats were down, all the lights in the change room were off, uh, he had to check it eight times. And b- before he went out to bat, he taped his bat to the ceiling of the change room. <laughs> Any of those things working Well, no you? wonder you've got to go check your bats there. Half of them are taped to the <laughs> ceiling. Very superstitious. Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss. Dom, Charles and Zoe, what do you think? Are these things cat's pyjamas? Are they good? Are they cat's piss? Which means bad. Uh, now, yeah, real estate, okay, in Sydney, eh, it's very hard to find a place to live. Uh, in the whole of Australia, it's, it's really tricky, especially for the younger generation. No, you can't find a home, but you can now buy a train station to live in. Okay. It's for sale. Oh. It's, it's listed on realestate.com or whatever. Uh, pros and cons? Well, does the train still stop there? <laughs> Well, I really hope so, because your commute would be very yeah. easy then, wouldn't it? Well, that's a plus. Um, look, I don't know, actually. What, what is it? It's described as a historic property, um, and it has been used as a family home. Like, How people bizarre. live in it already. It's called Kapunda. And do, pe- do people just stand up randomly and make racist rants occasionally? <laughs> 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 you know, like, I don't think I can afford it, Hanso, but what I was thinking is I could pitch a tent in one of the giant holes that they're building for the new metro line. Would that be mm. affordable? <laughs> You, well, you make it look better. Do you, do you have Listen. to tap on and tap off every time? <laughs> every time you, you go to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we're talking about um, this concierge service for online dating earlier. Tanz- in, the, in Tanzania, they've got a bit of a cheating problem, and they want to have a publicly accessible database of married men so that you, you, you know who not to cheat with. Is this a good idea? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's solved. Uh, Domi and Ch- <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like this idea at all. I think this is a terrible idea. You don't Why? Need to, isn't, you know, a bit of mystery in, in the world of romance a, a good thing? No, <laughs> no. I'm very sus of each other. Look, the database I want from Africa is a list of all of the legitimate Nigerian princes <laughs> when I get emails from them, <laughs> personally. Radio Chaser on Triple M.